0: This is the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.
1: Number two starts right now on The Daily Tip presented by PetMGM. I am Chelsea Messenger. She's Kate Constable filling in for Jinx today. Uh, well, here's what's on the menu for the next hour, if you stick with us. We've got MVP Tuesday, a holiday edition, uh, coming up in this segment. Who had the best weekend? long weekend of them all across the sports landscape. Then at 7.20 on the NBA, our best picks and leans for the association and then at 7.40 it is a Tuesday so it means it's time for my teasers which I do every single week in the NFL. I get six points in my favor combine a few teams up and try to make some winners. Kate, I'm looking at your Twitter and I saw the tweet that you started the day with And it's something to the effect of you interviewed Jim Harbaugh back in 2017 and he gave you this like coin that I guess is symbolic. It says like attacking the day with enthusiasm unknown to mankind, which sounds very Jim (laughs) Harbaugh-esque. And it feels like you had a very much different experience with Jim Harbaugh than I did. Because listen, I think I've told this story on the show before how I didn't have a great experience with Jim Harbaugh, but it sounds like he was very nice to you.
2: He was very nice to me when I interviewed him. I mean, he gave me the Jim Harbaugh runaround uh, interview answers like he typically does. He just rambles and rambles and rambles. Uh, But apparently he really liked my interview and afterwards he said to his assistant or his SID, whoever was with him, he was like, hey, this girl needs the coin today. Uh, It's like a coin that they give to during, I don't know if it's during throughout the entire season or just uh, training camps and stuff, but to the player that attacks the day the best. And this was during Big Ten media day, so they didn't have a practice that day. Had to give the coin to someone. Apparently I was attacking the day pretty well that day. Uh, So he was very kind to me. He was very nice, but he, he, he was the same Jim Harbaugh answers of just ramble. I think he rambled about like World War II when I asked him about like the team's (laughs) offense. It was something like, right? It's just something that he's gonna do. What was your experience? Not very good?
1: Okay, so mine was a little different because it was like a media scrum interview situation. And here's the thing, they were having a satellite camp at IMG Academy in Bradenton. I was a sports reporter in Fort Myers. And mind you, when you're a sports reporter at a mid-market place. You're a one man band. So I'm holding the yep. camera. I'm holding the mic. I am doing everything myself. Uh, so the media person said, okay, we're going to be doing the interview in the South end zone at 6 15 PM. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to run in the bathroom since I have 45 minutes. Uh, and then I come out of the bathroom. I look towards the South end zone, which is all the way across the field. And Jim Harbaugh is already doing the interview. So I am Mm. sprinting across the field with all of my stuff. This was supposed to be in 45 minutes, not, you know, at the current time. So I'm sprinting over there. And Jim Harbaugh says something to me about like, well, maybe you could have been on time. And I was like, I'm sorry. This is the time that the media person told me. Uh, And he kind of just went back and forth with me. And I'm like, in the meantime, I'm like trying to get questions and answers. And it just felt like kind of to (laughs) me. Because like I was, you know, a one man band reporter and like that's literally what the media person said. And I think he could have gotten the the gist of it because every single media person was doing the same thing. Uh, so it felt like a little unfair that he was calling me out like a 25 year old girl. So that is my experience with Jim Harbaugh. And I will say I got some very good quotes from it because have you ever noticed this when it's not necessarily the best questions that get the best answers But sometimes when people are in that like chippy mood, so I got really good answers at least.
2: Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where you, like you as the reporter is almost just having to talk on the fly where you're not overthinking Mm -hmm. your questions. And that's when you get good answers from coaches. And Harbaugh gives great quotes when he wants to, he's very calculated in like how he answers questions, but he is someone who's gonna give good quotes. I mean, but in terms of him, kind of being a jerk, like that sucks, right? You're someone who's doing her job, you're young, you're new to the, semi new to the business and you were told a different time. Like he probably knew that too. He probably wanted to all of a sudden switch and do the press conference early, right? Like if whoever's Mm. coordinating the media coordinator says one time, the only person that's gonna override that time for the interview is the head coach who's doing the interview. So he probably knew that as well, which makes it even worse.
1: Yeah. And it was just kind of a theme. You know, when you're young and new in the business, you're kind of used to being a punching bag. So it was just one of those things where it was just embarrassing because if it was one on one, it'd be one thing, but it was literally in front of all of my peers, you know? So it's just like, oh, Chelsea got called out by Jim Harbaugh and everybody's cameras were rolling. So that's the other thing it was Uh, documented. Uh, So that was a fun moment, even though I'm not going to let it define him. It was one day. Maybe he's a great person. I don't know. Uh, But let's get to MVP Tuesday, because we had some great performances over the long weekend that we need to talk about.
0: Here are your nominees for Monday MVP.
3: Well, Happy New Year, Kate and Chelsea. How we doing?
1: I like the new sounder. Even though it's MVP Tuesday today, I like how David always switches things up when it comes to the sound for some of our segments. I feel like if somebody got the coin today, it would be David.
3: (laughs) Yay! We can pass you the coin, David. My my 2024 can only go down from here. I got (gasps) the coin.
1: We need helmet stickers. <laughs> like we don't have helmets, but maybe yeah. mic stickers. Like, do you ever see that on college football players? They don't do it in the NFL, but I'm like, damn. Yeah. Like, what does it take to get a helmet sticker? I want one of those.
2: I mean, it, it takes attack in the day, apparently. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've always wanted a helmet sticker too. Those look so cool. Then you look at the players that have a ton versus the players that only have a few. And I'm kind of like, hey, buddy, step it up. What are you doing? Get more stickers. This is embarrassing. <laughs>
3: Well, speaking of people who deserve stickers over the weekend, we've got four, so let's get to it. Nominee number one, C.D. Lamb, Dallas Cowboys.
0: Third down and four, and that's catch number one for Lamb. Makes a move. After going around Sutton, and he's still rumbling down inside the 40. Now third down and 13. Blitz coming. Prescott able to get out of the end zone, and now airs it out for Lamb. It's to a touchdown, Cowboys.
3: Lamb finished th- with 13 catches, 227 yards, and a touchdown in the Cowboys' 20-19 win over the Lions. Lamb has now the best receiving season in Cowboys history, passing Dallas legend Michael Irvin. Nominee number two, Cade Cunningham, Detroit Pistons. <laughs>
1: Cade against Colorado
0: Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, no, Ivey gets the rebound, Cade left, all alone. Cade, Cunningham,
3: five seconds to shoot, Cade using up a ton of clock, hello! Hello, Cunningham scored 30 points and dished out 12 assists as the Pistons snapped their 28 game losing streak, The streak tied the NBA record for the most consecutive losses, but the Pistons knocked off the Raptors 129-127 to finally win their third game of the season. Nominee number three, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. Miami up 7-0 on the Ravens.
0: Shotgun for Jackson. Jackson looking in zone. Touchdown! Jackson, step and fire. Oh, For Zay Flowers. Flowers cuts it. Flowers has the angle and the touchdown. Deep drop. Jackson step, deliver. It's snagged by
3: Likely. Isaiah Likely diving for the touchdown. Jackson went 18 for 21 for 320 yards and five touchdowns as the Ravens locked up the top seed in the AFC. With their 56-19 win over the Dolphins, Jackson also ran for another 35 yards as Baltimore won their sixth straight game. Nominee number four, Michael Penix, Jr., Washington Huskies.
0: Second down and 10. They're in field goal range. Pressure. He stepped away from it. It Fires, and it is caught. Oh, the deflection. They frequently run the play. 398 trying to get above 400 and he's on target
3: pennix jr threw for 430 yards and two scores as washington advanced to the college football championship game with a 37 30 win over texas pennix jr also ran for 31 yards in the win washington has won 21 straight games So, Kate, pick one of these four, or you can go off the menu, but who is your Tuesday MVP?
2: This is a really hard one because all of these uh, scenarios uh, make great – or these players make great cases for MVP. I'm going to nix Cade Cunningham and the Pistons. I know that was a big win, but comparative to the other performances that we've seen, uh, not going to make my card. I'm going back and forth between CeeDee Lamb and Michael Penix Jr. I mean, what Lamb was able to do, uh, 227 yards. I was a little nervous to lay his over on his receiving yards at what it was set at, at like, I think it was 89, 90, somewhere around there for the Mm -hmm. full game. Yeah, he he surpassed that pretty easily. Um, But Michael Penix Jr. has had my heart all season, and he has to be my MVP this morning because uh, in that caliber of a game, I think that's the biggest thing that uh, makes me want to take him. Like 430 yards, two touchdowns in a college football playoff game against a very good Texas team that's had a good defense all year. Penix comes in and just kind of, you know, Threads the needle multiple times. I mean, some of the throws that he made, those are very, very impressive. So Penix, because I've loved him all season and that was a great performance. But I mean, this is a tough one because there are, you could make a case for any of them, I would say, Chelsea.
1: Yeah, except for Cade Cunningham. Like, great job. You have been holding down the fort for a team that has lost um, most of their games this season. But, you know, the fact that they're still fighting, maybe you deserve some credit for that. But I'm going to give it to Michael Penix Jr. The fact that not only did he not wilt under the pressure, like we saw in the first college football semifinal between Alabama and Michigan, just because you are a great quarterback, doesn't mean you're going to step up to the challenge and be as good as we saw, you know, for the rest of the regular season. Both those quarterbacks looked nervous. Michael Mm Penix Jr. came out firing on all Mm -hmm. cylinders, even against a really good Texas team. We know the defense for Texas was a little susceptible in the middle of the field, but still the way that Michael Penix Jr., like you said, threaded the needle. He wasn't just piling up garbage yardage. These were NFL-type throws to, I will say, NFL-type receivers so the receivers do uh, deserve some of the credit here but if you look at uh, Michael Penix Jr.'s numbers in this game his 430 yards passing ranks as the fourth best performance in college football playoff history only behind Mac Jones in Alabama who also had some really good receivers and Joe Burrow Twice and look at both of those guys going on to win national titles. So, Michael Penix Jr. for me has to be the MVP of this Tuesday.
2: Wow, I did not realize it was that good of a fourth best in college football play of history.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. Chelsea coming with some great numbers. I can't add anything more to this than to just say <laughs> it's Michael Penix Jr. And, sir, let me just say. You may have came in second in the Heisman race, but dare I say you've won the most important award, the daily tips Tuesday (laughs) MVP. It's
1: the limited edition. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And David, you've been on Michael Penix jr. For quite some time and Washington. So are you rolling with uh, the Huskies in the national title game? Do you think they win at all?
3: I, I listen. I think Texas and Michigan's uh, offensive lines, their front sevens, are very comparable. And you saw what that what what Washington was able to do. So yes, I don't mm-hmm. think the secondary for Michigan is going to be able to keep up with three NFL quality wide receivers and a guy who's probably now going in the first round for sure in Michael Penix Jr. as a quarterback. No, I'm riding Washington. I had the ticket. As soon as I saw they were in the college football playoffs, I, I put some nice, a nice chunk of change on the Washington Huskies <laughs> to win it all.
1: Uh, it does feel like teams from the Pac-12 don't get nearly as much credit, but after you saw those receivers, I think a lot of people are opening their eyes to the passing attack that is the Washington Huskies. All right, got to get to break up next. It's time to switch gears to the NBA. Our best plays in the association coming your way next on the Daily Top presented by BetMGM.
0: The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.
1: Welcome back. We're off and rolling. It's hour two of the Daily Tip. I'm Chelsea Messenger. She's Kate Constable. few minutes here on the show. We'll get you caught up on the NBA. If you haven't been following it, it's time to dive back in because you got to bet on something during the week, don't you? Uh, so over the weekend, uh, I was lamenting the loss of one of my bets, and that was the Bengals plus seven and a half against the Chiefs. Don't know if you watched that game, but that was a disgusting non-cover By Cincinnati. Like, I think that was my last tweet of 2023 was an absolutely (laughs) disgusting non-cover by the Bengals. And it felt like a fitting way to end the year. Like, (laughs) that was my last tweet of 2023, complaining about a bet. Felt very fitting for me. And
2: fitting that, like, the Chiefs who've been not great all season comparative to previous seasons is the team that ruins the bet. Uh, I was on the Bengals in that game, too, so that was, yes, a very disgusting non-cover towards the end of that game. That uh, was just kind of brutal, brutal.
1: Mm. Yeah, those are the ones that I think hurt the most when it feels like they should have covered. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing if you lose a bet by, you know, 20 points or something, you're like, okay, it was a bad bet, but it feels like it was the right side. Um, so that's what, like, made it hurt all the the more but of course, when I was looking at the lines as we're going to do our teaser segment here in a minute uh, or here in a few minutes, I guess next segment, because I was looking, the Chiefs are getting points against the Chargers, which means that Patrick Holmes is probably out. And of course, I did a quick Google search and nothing on his status and everything on Brittany Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes oh spending their New Year's Eve, ringing in the New Year with a win. And that one just ultimately brought up more Stung bad all memories. Over again. <laughs> yes. Like, do you ever do this where betters never forget? Like, every memory will always be tied to like, the bet that you made in that game. Like, we were just talking about CeeDee Lamb, how he had that great game. All I could think about during that game was, like, gosh, I should have taken that bet. Because I think the reason I didn't take it uh, was his line was so high. I think it was like 98 and a half. And I was like, Chelsea, that's too high. You can't give that out. Uh, But do you ever find yourself doing this? Oh, all
2: the time. All the time, especially in the NBA, because I've tried to be more selective of bets just because my main Mm -hmm. focus has been NFL and college football uh, over the fall and, you know, leading into these winter months. So I haven't like totally turned into all NBA, um, which will kind of happen now that football is winding down. But so there've been so many NBA bets that I've left off the table and just not taken them. And then those are the ones that hit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was the right side. Should've just trusted myself, should've bet those games. I knew, I like I had such a good read on them and I didn't. And those are the ones that I kick myself for because it's like, yes, you don't wanna be too overexposed in the market, but also like if I have confidence in a bet, why not take it? Like versus a bet that I'm 50-50 on and just, you know, Sometimes I do that, and that bothers me so much. Um, So another New Year's resolution, betting-related resolution, trust. Trust myself. Take the bets if I like them because those are the ones that I kick myself for.
1: Yeah, you win 0% of the bets that you don't make. Or did I get that right? What's the percentages? You win 0% of the bets uh, that you don't make. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I I know that is a, you know, formulated quote from, who is it, Wayne Gretzky, and also Michael Scott on the office. It's like, (laughs) you make 0% of the shots that you don't take. So similar to that in the sports betting world, maybe trust your instincts in some of these matchups. So let's get into the NBA, see if we can trust our gut on some of these initial reactions. So let's start in Philadelphia where the Sixers are hosting the Bulls. We've got Philly 10 and point favorites, total of 224. If you're thinking to yourself, didn't these teams just play? Yes, you are right. They did. Uh, and the Bulls won that one 105 to 92, but they were one point favorites in that game, I believe, because Joel Embiid did not play. So Kate, you're in Chicago. I feel like you usually have a good read on the Bulls. What's the play here?
2: yeah i think in this one i have to take philly and i know that's a big number laying ten and a half but it feels initial reaction is it feels like the mm-hmm. right side now we can't bet everything on feel we probably lose a lot of money doing that but if joel Embiid does play tonight he's questionable so this could be the first game back that we've seen him since um, he missed the christmas day game so he's been out since christmas um but could be coming back tonight The Bulls have beat the Sixers twice already this season. This is the last time they face each other. So if you're Philly, you're wanting to get a little revenge. And uh, Chicago's banged up. I mean, no Nikola Vucevic tonight, which if MB plays, then he should just have a field day inside and kind of be able to do whatever he wants without... Uh, Vucevic in the lineup for Chicago um, Bulls are also still missing Zach Levine which has been kind of a blessing in disguise for Chicago because they've played really well without him Tory Craig he's uh, you know one of those second unit players that's pretty valuable he's out tonight so I think a lot of the the advantages in terms of health and and whatnot lend itself to me wanting to back Philly also I mean both these teams are this have come in with the same amount of rest so there's no advantage there which the last time they played uh the Sixers were on a back-to-back with travel so that was a tough spot for them to be in so big number but I would be laying it with Philly at home tonight
1: it does feel like a spot where Philly should be good Uh, I think the only question mark is how many minutes will we see Joel Embiid get coming off of this much of a layoff because I think that's always the question with Joel Embiid is you got to kind of manage him correctly when he's such a big human sometimes it takes a while to get back in the swing of things but both these teams should be noted have been really good at covering numbers surprisingly so the Bulls 12 and 3 against the spread in their last 15 and you look at the Sixers 9 and 3 against the spread in their last 12 so something's got to give in this matchup. But I think Vucevic being out for the Bulls, like you said, it is going to be um, easy tickets for Joel Embiid, no matter how many minutes he ends up playing. Next up, let's go to Oklahoma City. Thunder and Celtics squaring off, and we've got the Celtics' two-and-a-half-point road favorites here. Total of 239-and-a-half. And, Kate, I think my little gut instinct is always, if the Thunder are getting points... That's something I'm gonna be looking into because it feels like the Thunder are one of those teams they kind of fly under the radar. So what is your gut instinct saying about this game?
2: Yeah, the exact same thing. I would be taking the points with the Thunder. I wouldn't even, you know, I think you could sprinkle a little money line on the Thunder in this one as well. Obviously, Boston has been playing fantastic this season, but their losses have come on the road, ten and six away from home um, versus i mean that's all six of their losses they haven't lost at home this season Mm -hmm. so on the road celtics a little bit more vulnerable and then the thunder at home thunder 13 and 5 they don't lose too many games at home also the games that the celtics have lost this season they've been against some of the top defensive teams in the league they lost to the timberwolves um they lost the magic who are our fifth wolves lead the league oklahoma city second in defensive rating behind the Wolves. So they're a very good defensive team. And that's kind of the recipe for Boston struggles going on the road against strong defensive teams. So I'm taking the Thunder to cover. I also like a little uh, sprinkle on the Thunder money line tonight.
1: Right. When the line is that short, do you just play the money line? Because I think that's what's kind of holding me. Yeah. Holding me back from maybe playing the Thunder here because ultimately you're picking them to win. Like, two and a half, like, maybe it matters. And, of course, I say that, and they'll, like, you know, lose by two. But still, I think – I like the Thunder, but I'm not sure if it's going to make the card because it is hard to fade Boston here. Uh, Like you said, their Bugaboo has been on the road, but still a very good team. We shall see, though. If I'm getting points, I think ultimately I would lean towards Oklahoma City. Uh, We'll go to the Warriors and the Magic next. This game at home for the Warriors were the 3.5-point favorites, total of 231.5. Kate, I don't think I have played the Warriors much, or if I have, I have been going against them. What's your take on the Warriors right now?
2: I don't really know, Tulsa. I kind of am with you. Like, what's the identity of this team this year? We've known that in past Aos. seasons when they've been right. <laughs> it, it really is. It's 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 a team that you can't trust night in and night out. So how do you bet on a team that you don't really know what you're going to get from them I think in this case maybe you look at like an under in this one um, mm-hmm. because like I mentioned Orlando's defense is very good their fifth in defensive rating on the season but their offense is not all that great and so uh, you have a team who's likely going to be able to contain the Warriors a little bit with some of those perimeter guards uh, that Orlando has but I don't think Orlando's offense is going to do enough to be able to put up um enough points for this over to hit so that's kind of where I would lean in that game but this is one that I don't feel like I have a very strong handle on um so maybe this is one that doesn't make my card and I just you know pony up and actually take the thunder on the money line talk about trusting myself that's the bet I do like the thunder to win tonight why take the points when I can take them on the money line um but in terms of this Warriors magic game I would lean towards the under, but that would kind of be the only play I would feel somewhat confident in in this game.
1: Right. The Magic have been a confounding team to me because they have been one of the more profitable teams in the NBA, especially when playing at home, 12-4 and four at home this year. But now they're on the road here. And also the matchup that I'm looking at is I'm not sure if Orlando can keep up if Golden State is hitting threes. Because here is the surprising yeah. stat about the Orlando Magic they are averaging the fewest three-pointers per game of any team in the NBA at just 10 threes per per game. That is behind the Detroit Pistons. So if you're going against a team that can get hot from the three-point line, like you said, offensively, this is not a Magic team that's very good. So they have to rely on their defense, and you know clearly they're not making a ton of threes. So I think that is the sabotage factor when you back – the Magic. Uh, do you ever see something like that and it makes you nervous? Because I have backed the Magic before and that has been the problem. The other team made like a bunch of threes and then the Magic are just peddling around like, oh, we scored 92 points. Yay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, buyer beware on the Magic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just a math problem waiting to happen
2: right there, right? The Warriors are hitting mm-hmm. threes all night. The Magic are not going to need quite a few extra possessions and be efficient in those possessions if they want to be able to match uh, the output that the Warriors are putting up. And to your point of like, yeah, 92 points against Philly last week, um, 107 against uh, Phoenix. So like they're not Magic are not putting up massive numbers. If Curry can get hot from beyond the arc clay thompson can kind of get back to that you know he had a, a great like what four game streak where he was kind of le- finally looking a little bit more like his normal self if we get that version of clay thompson then i think uh, this could spell trouble for the the magic i still do like the under in that case as well even with even if the warriors go off because then we're looking at a potential blowout scenario and blowouts kind of always lead to unders because the team that's getting blown out isn't putting enough points on the board
1: yeah, that's true. All right, uh, a few other games on the slate here. Next up, let's go to New Orleans and Brooklyn. We've got a six and a half point line here in favor of the Pelicans at home. Pelicans have been pretty good this year, uh, especially at home, 11 and seven, 19 and 14 overall. Uh, but sometimes Brooklyn has been sneakily a good you know team to back in the earlier stages of the season. But as of lately, this has not been a team that's been covering numbers. They have covered one game in their last 10. So is this a case of fading the Nets once again?
2: Ooh, that's not a good number. The Nets, when Mm. I think about the Nets, I think about a team that typically does cover and is, is kind of one of those teams that you back just based on the number alone versus necessarily the matchup, because they are someone who well, I guess not in the last 10 games have not been covering. Um, Pelicans back at home. Oh, that's a that's an interesting one. Six and a half. I still kind of think that the Nets are, this is a, a buy low spot on the Nets. Because like you said, they have been struggling lately. They've lost their last three. One of those coming to the Wizards, which is just like, yuck. Um, but I think this is, a, they haven't been playing, their full potential lately and this is kind of a a buy low spot on Brooklyn so I would take the points with the Nets despite them being on the road every once in a while you kind of get a dud game from uh, New Orleans and and maybe that's what we see somewhat tonight especially you know Zion coming on a couple days off of you know family and New Year's and all of that Uh, does that does that play into effect at all for some of these (sighs) players just throwing that out there
1: I will say my gut instinct was the Nets and then I couldn't make a case for it with the numbers. Like sometimes that happens in sports betting where you have initial reaction and then you don't have enough ammo to back it up. So I don't think I can be on the Nets here because I just feel like there's not enough ammo. And before we get to break, I did want to mention this. There is no line on this, but look for a big game for DeMontis Sabonis tonight against the Hornets. The Hornets are coming off a back-to-back. They're one of the worst teams at defending centers, Uh, And DeBontis Sabonis has had some big games against teams like that that are bad at defending the center position. But we don't have a number on it just yet, so we'll see. Maybe by the end of the show, they'll give me a number on Devontis Sabonis for the Sacramento Kings. Coming up after the break, it's Teaser Tuesday here on The Daily Tip. Your best teaser legs coming your way after the break.
0: The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.
1: That's right. It's time to get this week going if you have not already I am back from vacation. I did not work yesterday, so this is my Monday. I'm Chelsea Messenger. She's Kate Constable filling in for Jenks today, who is coming back tomorrow because he went to the Sugar Bowl, where his Texas Longhorns, Mm. unfortunately, did not beat Washington, and they will not be going to the college football national championship. But here's the thing, both of us were on Washington and the points last night, came through as Washington is headed to the national championship to face off with Michigan. Uh, But do you ever do this? Do you ever hedge your happiness where you bet against your team? So it feels like there is a good outcome on both sides of the coin? Yeah, every Iowa game, hedge my happiness, right? (laughs) Watching them play,
2: I mean, that's painful to watch them play regardless, but you bet on the other team, most of the time, um, you're going to, I mean, I actually did win quite a few games, but you bet the number spread-wise. Um, yeah, for sure. I do that all all the time. With the Bulls, quite a bit as well. I'm actually going to go against the Bulls tonight, so I'm not going to hedge my happiness this evening. Um, but I think, especially when you're at a game, too, like for Jenks to travel to New Orleans, to be at that game, and watch Texas have to be there and watch Texas lose, like you at least want to walk away with, some money in your pocket to kind of help ease the pain a little. So, I mean, even if I didn't think necessarily that Washington was totally the right side, I might just throw some money on there anyway, just so when I'm leaving the stadium, I'm not disappointed on both sides of losing my money with Texas and Texas walking away with the loss as well. So yes, I think Jenks did it right.
1: Even though I don't think Jenks even comes in first in the heartbreak standings of betQL talent, because P.J. Glasser, I believe, went to the Rose Bowl to watch his alum or his school, Alabama. What a way to lose that game in mm. overtime. And yes, Texas lost at the last minute as well. Uh, but still, who do you think deserves to be more ho- heartbroken? P.J. or Jenks? I think P.J.,
2: especially with the, uh, the success that Nick Saban has had in those moments. Like, you expected – well, I didn't. I was on Michigan. Uh, but most people expected Alabama to win that game based on, on how Saban performs in those moments. Like that's an Alabama team that that could have easily won that game, didn't do it. But yeah, I would say PJ for sure. Because
1: Texas, I think like, if you go to overtime, yeah, yeah that yeah. one. If it is a one game sample size, but if you look at the bigger picture. I think when you are somebody who follows a team that has so much success, like do I really feel that bad for Alabama fans who have been to how many national championships? Like the conundrum for Alabama fans is do I go to the college football playoff, the semifinal, (laughs) or do I save my money for the national championship? Must be nice as an NC State fan who got to watch the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Like that was our crowning glory of the season. We didn't even win it. So it's hard to feel bad for Alabama fans because they've been there so many times. And, like, look at Texas. It is another blue blood program, but it has been a long time since Texas has been back. So when you look Mm -hmm. at the bigger picture, I think Jenks might have the, the stronger case for heartbreak. Well, that's actually a good point because Texas fans probably got their
2: hopes up a lot more than Alabama fans because Alabama fans see this more often where this is the first time in how many years Texas has been in this spot like that's so exciting if you're a Texas fan that okay I could I could see a case for Jenks now being the more heartbroken one I mean either way to 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 go to those I went to the Rose Bowl when Iowa played Stanford I think that was the Christian McCaffrey year and Iowa lost that game and I mean it was the most wonderful experience like watching a football game in that setting was gorgeous Mm -hmm. it was was the cool such a cool thing but to walk away with Iowa losing and you're kind of like I paid all this money to come out here and you lost this game that pissed me off a little so I was I guess I was more angry than um than heartbroken because I didn't have all the high hopes for Iowa that season anyway but um yeah it's, it's a tough spot either way
1: well, must be nice. Again, it's hard for me, an NC State fan, to say, Oh, pull Texas fans. Oh, my goodness. Poor Alabama fans that came all that way. Uh, Must be nice to at least be in the conversation to win a national championship. (laughs) And before we get to my teaser teams, should be noted that we're seeing a line on the national title game already. Not at BetMGM, but some shops have already posted the opening line for Washington and Michigan. The line's four and a half. Michigan, four and a half point. Uh, Favorites in this game, a total sitting at 55. Kate, do we just go ahead and take the points with Washington? Like, that's my gut and seek, and I think I'm going to place this bet right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think you have to. Um, I don't think you're going to get a better number on Washington. I think after – a lot of people seeing, which is, it's kind of crazy to say, but I think a lot of people saw Washington for the first time last night, like really saw mm-hmm. them play rather than just caught highlights or glimpses of, of some of their games. But I, you're probably gonna see some public money coming in on Washington based on Michael Penix Jr.'s performance last night, you know, the the, the high-flying offense, the ability to put points on the board. Like I could, I, I could see Washington kind of being uh, a public favorite as, as the dog that this number might shrink a little. So four and a half, I think you have to jump on that right now.
1: I think so as well. Uh, I will do a further deep statistical dive on this later on in the week. But still, when you have a passing attack, that is that deadly Michael Pennix mm-hmm. jr. Coupled with those NFL caliber receivers, it feels like it doesn't matter the coverage. And that's the, I think the biggest difference between the NFL and college football is that the secondaries aren't quite as good. Uh, so when you combine that with the fact that these circus catches that are out of these world that are being hauled in by these Washington receivers, I will take the points with the Washington Huskies. Speaking of points, it's time to give myself some points and look at this week's options in Teaserland.
0: Chelsea is such a teaser. Yeah, nah.
1: That's right. It is a Tuesday here on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. I'm Chelsea Messenger. She is Kate Constable filling in for Jenks. And it's time to play everybody's favorite Tuesday game, which is Who Ruins My Teaser? If you don't know what teasers are, you get six points in your favor. Actually, you can play seven-point teasers as well, but we'll stick with the old reliable here where you get six points in your favor, but then you have to combine a few teams to get some plus money on the card. If you do a three-team teaser, it's plus 160 across most shops. So we will stick with that. So, Kate, I'm gonna give you the options for my teaser this week, and you tell me Um, who ruins my teaser. So we are starting with the Dallas Cowboys. They are 13-point favorites against the Commanders. We have talked about this game, how terrible the Commanders' secondary is, how they have nothing to play for, and the Cowboys still have to win. To improve their standing in the NFC East. So I'm going to bump them down from minus 13 to minus seven at a key number there. Next up, we're going to go to the Rams, plus nine and a half at the Niners. This line, originally three and a half, the Niners have nothing to play for. I think it's already been announced that Christian McCaffrey's not playing in this game, and the Rams can change who they play in the first round of the playoffs depending on if they win. You brought this up, how if I believe they win, They go to Detroit if they lose and something else happens, maybe. They have to go on the road to Dallas, which is a really tough place to play. So I'll take the nine and a half with the Rams. And then finally, this is the leg that makes me a little nervous, but I do like it. Uh, Bears plus 10 at the Packers. I still feel like the Packers are a team that makes me nervous as favorites. When they're getting points, I'm all for it. But it still feels like a team that's kind of up and down. And a lot of that is because Jordan Love, young quarterback, a young team in general. So I don't think that they should be, you know, 10-point favorites in my little teaser scenario here. So I'm going to ask you now, Kate, who ruins my teaser? The Cowboys, the Bears, or the Rams? Hmm. This is a good one,
2: Chelsea. Um, I... Th- Based on how the Packers looked against Minnesota last week, a 33-10 to 10 win, that would make me a little nervous against the Bears. But like we talked about earlier in the show, I mean, the Bears are trying to play spoiler to the Packers' postseason hopes. And so mm-hmm. it's not like Chicago's going into that game, even though they're mathematically out of the playoffs with nothing to play for. So I actually do really like that with uh, you moving the Bears up to, what did, what did you say, plus nine?
1: Plus uh, nine and a half. Nine
2: and a half, Or no, yeah. plus 10. I would, plus I 10. I would maybe say of any team, like the Cowboys, which is kind of crazy, but the Cowboys have not been on the road that is blowing mm-hmm. teams out. Um, you would think that with some implications on if they win this game in terms of seeding, that this would be a game that they certainly get up for and kind of just want to – put the uh, commanders away early, but the Cowboys make me nervous on the road. They're kind of a different team and you're not quite sure what you're going to get for them every time. So uh, I would have to say the Cowboys in this one.
1: Ooh. Uh, I would think that you'd think, isn't that always the qualifier that we say on like taking a favorite? You'd think, uh, but you'd think that the Cowboys should be able to take advantage of a very bad commanders, secondaries. So, I mean, there's a reason I put them in there. And here's the other thing. Like, I had to pick some teams. Like, I couldn't just be like, well, I'm not going to do it this week. Uh, So I was looking at some other options, and I just feel like the other ones are kind of tricky. Either you're looking at numbers that are not great for teasers, because usually the goal of teasers is to go through as many key numbers as possible. And that's why you're looking at teams who are, you know, plausibly... Getting a point and you move them up to seven, you know, that way you go through three, six and a half, and seven. And, you know, you try to do that kind of strategy as opposed to, you know, taking a five point favorite and teasing through zero. That is something that you're not supposed to do. There was another game I was looking at, but it feels almost too too disgusting to put in any kind of play. The Jets and the Patriots. The Jets are getting two and a half points. This is a game that absolutely has no implications if I am reading this correctly. I'm pretty sure both these teams are out of playoff contention. So what about the Jets getting eight and a half? Do they knock the Cowboys out of my teaser? I, no,
2: I think you keep the Cowboys in over the Jets because the Patriots' defense is kind of what's holding them up right and the Jets Mm -hmm. offense can't score so no I say keep the Cowboys in don't 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 change it
1: also I think Bill Belichick has been pretty good against the Jets Uh, feels like you'd want to send him out on top I guess it's not like official that he's leaving the Patriots but still feels like he's on his way out in New England coming up after the break, our first look at line straight up in the NFL that's after the break on the daily tip